This is Coach Aaron Saft and the Running is Life podcast. Today's guest is Coach Will Franz. I met Will out at the USCA Ultra Running Coaches Conference in Colorado Springs uh, just a short few weeks ago, and uh, we uh, we definitely have a lot in common. And it was uh, it was a pleasure to uh, to talk with Will not only at the conference but on this podcast. Uh, we're sharing it across both of our podcasts, which um, I'll link Will's podcast in the show notes. Uh, Will has a, a really fascinating background, and this requires a part two. Uh, we talked a lot about me and not uh, enough about Will <laughs> in my uh, in my view. So I'm going to have Will back on and talk a little bit more about Will, some of his clo- coaching philosophies, and things he thinks about when he's coaching and what he does with his athletes. He's got a great background in strength training, um, a bit in nutrition. So a lot to share from Will. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation with him. Uh, Will also brought to my attention that uh, one of his uh, one of his friends uh, lost his home in a fire. And so uh, directly following this intro, I am going to put in uh, um, a clip uh, that you can help if you can. They've got a uh, GoFundMe for this this poor gentleman that's trying to raise funds for his house. And if he reaches his goal and goes over, he's going to uh, donate the excess to uh, to charity. So uh, have a listen. If you can help, obviously that's tremendous. Um, not everybody can, but I uh, wanted to put it out there because you know all you can do is ask. And if you've got money to help this gentleman, that's wonderful. You know, kind of put his life back together. So again, I will put that next after this intro, and then we'll get into the conversation with Will. And then after that, I'll catch up with you guys in the conclusion and catch up with everything that's going on here in the world of running his life. So thank you, and uh, thank you for your attention to this. And there'll be more links in the show notes from uh, from everything that you know, GoFundMe and everything. So check out the show notes for all of that information. Thanks, and I'll talk to you at the end. Hey, everybody. It's Will Franz, a friend of mine, Ray Berlanga. You may know him by his Instagram handle, Ray Ray Runner, or maybe you've seen him running with his Chihuahua Tapatio at a race or around the Anaheim area. Ray's condo recently lit on fire through no fault of his own, and now he's in kind of a tough spot because insurance can take forever, and he is going to have to take a lot of time off work to deal with this whole mess. So I decided to set up a GoFundMe account to try and garner a little community support for someone who's been a kind, shining light in our ultra community. If you're in a place to help Ray, I know he'd really appreciate it. If not, we completely understand. Money can be tight. But if you're able to donate a little bit to one of our own in the trail and ultra running community, Ray would be incredibly thankful. I asked Aaron after we finished recording, and he was gracious enough to allow me to share this message as well as the GoFundMe link. So thank you for the time, and I know Ray really appreciates it. All right. I've got Will here with me. Will's coming from uh, Phoenix. Is that right? Uh, Utah. Utah. Oh, Utah right now. Got it. Yeah, that's right. Salt Lake City. No, I went Salt to Lake school City. in Arizona and I'm running in Javelina next week. So that's kind of where two or three weeks. So that's <laughs> kind of where that came from in your brain. Yeah. But Utah, Salt Lake City. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. There we go. Yep. I had a ring a ding. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah man. And you're so, in Asheville, aren't you? Uh, yeah, just outside of Asheville. I am between Asheville and Bavard. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a nice, okay. nice little spot. <laughs> um, yeah, I need to make it out there at some point. It's not a spot that I've spent really any time in, but I have friends oh. in, so I need to like yeah. go do the thing. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, as you were talking about before we got on, you know, leaves are starting to turn here, just starting to get the colors. So um, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's not the Northeast so far as colors go, uh, you know, the, the new England gets uh, some of the, the more maples get a little bit richer in yeah. oaks, uh, you know, uh, but it's, uh, it's definitely, you know, I love this time of year. So um, for sure. But yeah. Um, Will, why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, about you? Um, you know, we're, we'll, we'll share this podcast on both platforms. So, um, you know, my, my listeners may not know Will Franz, but, um, why don't you make it so, <laughs> man, I, I don't know where you want me to take that. So <laughs> I, I coach running here and I like just met at, uh, the U.S. ultra running coaches yeah. Yeah. conference or whatever long name that yeah. entails there. And, um, How'd you get there? People like to run really far. How'd I get there? I drove (laughs) there. No, (laughs) no. How'd you get to being a a coach? Where did that come from? Where did, where did Will all of a sudden be like, Hey, you know, I I think I want to be a running coach. Where did that start? That's a weird, that is actually kind of a weird trajectory. So I hated running for a very long time. Uh, (laughs) I played sports since I was a kid, but I was like, running was always a means to play sports. Right. So the, the track practices and the the workouts for wrestling and everything, like I was not the fast guy and did not have a great relationship with the running aspect of things. <laughs> um, and I held true till like probably three or four years ago. And I was, I don't know, I went to school. I was going to be a lawyer, decided not to do that. Taught English in Korea. I came back. I worked in the ski industry for a while. And while that was really fun, driving snowcats and making snow flat at night, uh, it was exhausting for a lot of the wrong reasons. <laughs> and um, I also, I don't, I don't know, I just wanted to do something a little, what I feel is a little more, right? Like I wanted to help people with their health and fitness because my dad died when I was like 26. So I got really kind of obsessed, obsessed with the health and fitness stuff of it. And he had hep C, so it wasn't like a direct causation of that, but it was still like a rabbit hole I dove down to in my slightly neuro spicy brain. So I, uh, ended up deciding to become a personal trainer and a nutrition coach and worked with like general population for a while. And it was nice. Um, but it wasn't really, I don't know. I don't like marketing the fat loss if I'm being honest. And that's like most of the population in this country where you're talking like health and fitness, but like I grew up as kind of a fat teenager. So me putting more of that language into the like sphere of the world, I don't find personally helpful. Um, so I was like looking for some other places and my ex's dad was an ultra runner and I like ran into a bunch of ultra runners and realized that the nutrition and strength training wasn't stellar run <laughs> um, programming on point, but like the nutrition and strength work, not great. So I kind of came at it from that direction and then got again, lull on the neuro spicy spectrum of things obsessed with it. <laughs> and a few years later, now I do all the things, but that's kind of how that happened. And I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a great way to, to get into it though. I mean, you did it for the right reasons, you know, like that's really cool. Um, and, and not because you were just, you know, this person that had been running their entire life and, and wanted to transition to something like that. It, it was a, an honestly good reason to do it. And that's oftentimes, you know, the, the right reasons make good coaches, you know, cause they care. And that's the biggest thing about coaching, right. It's just that you care. Um, you listen, you watch. 100%, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I mean, so- I think you're 
you're a parent, right? And I feel like it's yeah. kind of the same same yeah. kind of thing. Like they've shown nobody knows how to parent correctly. Like there's just <laughs> studies all directions, but it's like the biggest thing is do you care? And if you yeah. care, then the children have tend to have pretty good outcomes. And I feel kind of the same, but to a lesser uh I don't know, priority risk ratio <laughs> when it comes to coaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, it, you know, it's um I mean coaching is so much more. When I um you know when I I'm around the youth, right? When I'm coaching around the youth. Sure. Um, you know, something that, um, I took out of Ted Lasso, I like, I, I feel like everybody should watch Ted Lasso, <laughs> like the Ted world Lasso. should watch Ted Lasso because the, the underpinning is just making people better, right? Like we mm -hmm. all want to be the best versions of ourselves and we want to help others find that version. And I think Ted Lasso just, it made me inspired even more so yeah. to do that for any live I touch, right. Whether it be the kids that I coach, the adults that I coach my friends, like I want to make sure they're getting out of life what they want. And if I can help them get there in whatever it is talking to them, whatever, you know, that's awesome. And I just, I love that, you know, every time like I'll be on Instagram or something, I'll see a Ted Lasso video and it usually invokes a tear <laughs> because it is just so powerful. I love, you know, like today I watched the dart scene. If you're familiar with the dart scene where, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it, that scene. And if you haven't seen that scene, you need to go on YouTube and just type in Ted Lasso dart scene. Cause it is just amazing. And it's, it's on point. Um, you know, I just, it, there's so many good pieces and takeaways from Ted Lasso, but you know, my athletes have called me the Ted Lasso of running because of, you know, I, I, I joke around a lot, but I also try to bring the best out of people. And I, mm -hmm. I you know, Ted Lasso is just, he's an inspiration to me. Like I, I can't, you know, like the, the parallels and things that I take away and I use a lot of his phrases, but um, yeah, it's, it's truly is a joy. Um, and that's why my company is running his life because <laughs> it yeah. came from Ted Lasso football is life, you know, from Danny and his Love joy that. for running. It's yeah. Beautiful. And that's where, you know, I find joy in running and I want to express that joy. And that's, you know, so that's where my company came from. Um, that's cool, man. And yeah. I, I want to like dive into that a little bit for, you know, my people, I'm sure your people sure. know this, but like, how did you <laughs> get into this sport? Like I like kind of looked at your background a little bit and saw that you, you have opposite of me been doing this a while. Yeah. <laughs> like what, what kind yeah, of brought so, you to this? Like what brought this joy <laughs> to this for you? Yeah. Um. So my running career started when I was in uh, middle school, eighth grade. Um, cool. And, um, I was a soccer player. <laughs> Go back to Ted Lasso. I was, a, <laughs> I was a soccer player. Yeah. That's who I was. That's, that was my identity. My friends were soccer players. I, I knew soccer. I liked soccer, um, wanted to play soccer. And, um, I went out for the, uh, we called it modified, uh, soccer, which is our middle school team. And, um, in eighth grade, we were allowed to try out for JV. And if you were good enough varsity for, for high school. And, um, cool. we had a, uh, a time trial, a mile time trial. And my mom bought me these new cleats and, and mom wasn't too big on getting like the, the really nice soccer cleats that like all my friends had and they hurt my feet and I didn't want to run a mile in them. So right. I took them off and I went barefoot and we were on the soccer pitch. So we were just running around the pitch doing this mile time trial I ended up lapping the varsity guys like just barefoot. And my coaches were like, Hey, you know, this soccer thing, like we don't want to deter you, but like, you're not going to make JV, but we're thinking you should probably go off cross country. And I was like, 
what's cross country? Like I had no clue. Like I had never heard of this sport, you know? And I was like, what do you do? And they're like, you just run. And I was just like, that's kind of weird. Like, why would anybody just run? Like that makes no sense. So <laughs> I approached my, my, it was my health teacher. And, uh, you know, I said like, Hey, they said I should come out for cross country. And she's like, you know, have you run before? I was like, well, I just ran this mile time trial. And I told her my time. She's like, Oh my God, get on the course. And so uh, I don't even remember what I ran, but she stuck me out there and I ended up winning the the meet first, you know, first time out. Like, I was just like, well, this is amazing. And then like, you know, that the realization that I could have success at this sport just, you know, kind of just evolved. It snowballed. Obviously I just from eighth grade on to now. So that was 1990 for me um, to now I've, I've been a runner <laughs> through and through, uh, you know, high school, college, uh, you know, post-college. And just kind of grown in distance over the time. My first ultra was in 2008. Uh, first 100 okay. was until 2016. So, you know, okay. a, a good span there to kind of build into. And I never thought I'd do 100 miles. I'll be honest. Like, I even told my wife. I was like, why would I ever do 100 miles? You know, it was kind of like, why would I ever run? And then um, this trophy spurred me on. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a really cool trophy. I want that. But in order to do the, to get this trophy... I had a you do 100 miles, which ended up being the grindstone 100 for those that know that race. I was going to ask what was yeah. the 100. So that, that, that was my, that was was my first 100 miler. It was yeah. the grindstone 100 miler yeah. uh, back in 2016. And the trophy was for the Beast Series, which is now defunct, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so I've got the Beast Series uh, trophy on my mantle. It's it's right next to my Grand Slam trophy. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, man. Yeah, the the trophies really do spur me on for some reason. That that extrinsic value. <laughs> I mean, whatever whatever puts you pushes it forward. Man. I'm gonna <laughs> sorry, shut this door real fast because there's a dog <laughs> losing its mind outside. Now, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever whatever pushes you forward, I think it's right, really right. the key there. Yep. And I do have a question that I, I noticed because like you were I don't whatever you want to call yourself, but like definitely like prodigy to some degree. Like if you're if you're that fast off the gate, like that that shows a ton of natural talent, right? And I feel like there's like we all have that aspect. I have chosen a path that does not play into mine. Mine is picking up very heavy things off the ground. <laughs> like if I if I trained a deadlift, <laughs> I'd probably be very competitive in powerlifting. It's not what I love yeah. to do, unfortunately, right. but whatever. Um so you kind of found this love. You're very good at it. And in middle school, high school, that tends to cap out around five kilometers, right? Like for cross country. Yeah. What yeah. pushed you to these like longer longer distances especially when you were having success at the shorter stuff um i guess the new challenge right like it's sure. not to say that i mastered anything there's no mastering anything it's just yeah um kind of that curiosity right you've got the the angel and the devil on your shoulders right and the, the angel's like oh stay nice and short it's easier you know and the devil's like no no let's go harder <laughs> uh let's go longer <laughs> you know and it's like, yeah. you've got this like conflicting, like, well, like, you know, I'm good at this, but like, let's try this. And to be honest, like I've, I've had some success at hundred milers, but for the most part, they've beaten the snot out of me and I've not had great success. So it's something that sure. constantly challenges me, right? Like I can make it through a marathon and I could probably run a decent time at a marathon, but like you put me up at hundred miles, 
I don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> you know? And that's kind of the cool thing is the question mark right before the start. You're just like, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, like, let's roll the dice and see what happens. So it's, it's I like that aspect of it is just not knowing, you know, because there's so many variables and there's so many uncontrollables and it's just constantly problem solving, you know, like the and that's something that the Grand Slam really showed me is because really, I mean, I would say, you know, at least 50 to 65 percent of the four races that I did did not go to plan. You know, like there was something that was totally off Western States and Wasatch for sure. Those were probably two of the toughest races of my life to make it to the finish line. And, you know, that's but that's what, you know, really spurs me on that's what gets me going right like that's what i'm eager to <laughs> to get to that place and just be like oh crap like i am in trouble like what do i do you know um and, <laughs> short, you know, short short pause what what is the grand slam for those of us who aren't okay. quite sure uh, yeah. and then i would love to hear about like what went wrong and okay. like how you fixed it and <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> sure um so the grand slam is the five uh oldest 100 milers that still exist okay so um we uh, we start in the beginning of the summer in june with old dominion which is in virginia um and then it's western states uh in california and then uh third race is vermont 100 uh which was canceled this year and we had to find a, a replacement race due to the flooding in vermont the fourth race is um Leadville and the fifth race, which you have to do is the Wasatch 100 by you in Salt Lake city. Um, mm -hmm. you can choose four of those, but again, the one you have to end with is Wasatch. You have to complete that. So you pick three of the others to complete. And, you know, if you've completed those three, you know, onto Wasatch. So it, that's the grand slam. You have to do them in the course of the summer, right? It's all done in one year. Um, you have to sign up for it. You have to actually register for the Grand Slam. Um, and then at Wasatch, they hand you your trophy inscribed with all the races that you did, um, which is really cool. So, yeah, they have an inscribed. So I know a lot of those thing. races have like raffles and entries and stuff. Mm, like, yeah. do you, by applying for the Grand Slam, do you get to circumvent some of that or do you have to no. be exceptionally lucky? Um, <laughs> so, um, Yes, you have to be exceptionally lucky or you can <laughs> okay. be creative like me. <laughs> um, I put in for the raffle for Western States. Okay. I bought uh, an entry to Western States, we'll say is around 400 and we'll say $10. So I purchased $410 worth of raffle tickets and I was one of five selected for the raffle. So I knew a year in advance because they draw okay. that at the pre-race meeting. I knew a year in advance that I was going to run Western States. And I was, you know, I was fortunate enough. So I said, well, you know, this is my opportunity for the slam and I have enough time to prepare. I can know ahead of time. So I started looking at Vermont and Leadville and saying, okay, these are lotteries. How, how do I, you know, how do I get into these? Um, and then I found out they have fundraising opportunities. So um, a big piece of my why and, you know, who I am is I like to give back and that's really gives me a drive to, you know, to do these things. So Vermont uh, raises money for the Vermont Adaptive, which is for challenged athletes and providing equipment for multiple sports for these athletes to be able to compete and um, and just participate in sport. Uh, so I raised money for for them. And then uh, Leadville has five, I believe it's either four or five different charities that they allow fundraising spots for as well. And I chose the Challenged Athlete Foundation, which has, you know, very simple or very similar 
principles and um, they do the same as like the Vermont adaptive. And so I felt it was very cohesive and I, I, I got a spot raising funds for them. So I bypassed both the Vermont and the Leadville lottery. Well, and technically Western. <laughs> um, and then yeah. for Wasatch, if you don't get in, which in my case, I did not get in the lottery, they allow a provisional spot. Uh, based on the fact that you finish three of the other Grand Slam events. So if you finish three of the cool. others, you are automatically put onto the start list for Watch Dash. I was the only person out of 17 that did not get into the the Wasatch lottery. I was the only person on that provisional list waiting to get in. So when I finished Leadville, I contacted them and they sent me the registration, paid my fee, and in I went. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. That's really cool. I love that you're... I... I love that you're doing some of that, some of that for like charity and fundraising as well. Cause like, I, I think that's an underappreciated yeah. avenue to get into races. I mean, it's for a good cause. You get to mm. run. I, I, I've heard people complain about some of it sometimes and I just couldn't disagree more for honestly. I love that you're doing that. I think that's really Thank cool. You. Thank you. Yeah. It, it afforded me an opportunity and you know, based on like what I found out, um, it, what was wonderful about both organizations is they actually showed us the lives we were affecting. Um, you know, when That's I was, awesome. um, you know, I had, they gave me a, a, a welcome packet. And when I got to Leadville and with it was, um, a, you know, a note card, a postcard of Olivia, who is who I helped or who my money's helped purchase a racing wheelchair. And then they gave me a bracelet that she made with Olivia on it. And that was on my wrist the whole time of, of Leadville. So, you know, it's like I said, it, 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 it was great raising the money and actually getting to meet some of the athletes because they actually competed at Leadville as well. Some of the athletes that are part of that foundation, um, which is really cool. So it was, you know, definitely a, a, a wonderful experience, uh, you know, uh, being able to, to give back and being able to race. So I enjoyed that. Absolutely. That's incredible. I love that. <laughs> um and so all right grand slam and yep. what um, that's how you oh, get yeah. in that makes sense so <laughs> yep cool. yeah um and then you asked um <laughs> what went wrong and how did i problem solve um <laughs> yes please <laughs> yeah so um western states um is and if you don't know western states it's it's one of the hardest races to get into the lottery is is massive you know so many entries trying to go into this one lottery, you know, to get a spot to race. So, you know, you appreciate your spot on the line, you know, that's, that's one thing. And that's also a, a determinant when you're in that race to re remind yourself, you have this spot, you better make the best of it. Cause you don't know if you're going to have that opportunity ever again. Um, from the get-go from the shotgun blast that started us up the escarpment, I was just like, something's wrong. I don't feel good. <laughs> like I just did not feel great. I was just like, uh, like my, you know, I didn't have my normal, like vitality, my normal energy. You know, it was like, I was just like, what is going on? Like, I just had a hard time. I was like, all right, well I'm in the snow, you know, like for, uh, for those that don't know this year, there was still a lot of snow for the first 30 miles. I was like, maybe it's just the snow. Like I'm just, you know, just kind of bogged down and having a hard time. I didn't check. I, I never got to train in the snow here in North Carolina. So I was like, ah, just, you know, we'll get through these first 30 miles and we'll see how we're doing. I got out of the snow and I was just like, you know, it's not the snow. <laughs> I just having a bad day. And I came to that realization. And, you know, like a lot of times the goal is to break 24 hours because you get a silver buckle. It's, a, it's an actual mm -hmm. silver buckle, which is pretty cool. And I, I quickly cool. realized that that was not going to be the case. Today was not going to be the day that I was going to break 24 hours. 
what was scary was, was I going to make the cutoff of 30 hours, right? Like I had never Ooh. been pressed to cutoff times, but it was becoming a reality. I was struggling and struggling mightily. Anything that I tried was not working. You know, like you, you go through, is it my nutrition? Uh, you know, I was having problems with nutrition. I was getting sick. I was getting nauseous and I was trying to keep stuff down, but it was just having the hardest time. I was like, was it my hydration? You know, and I, I tried consuming more, having electrolytes. I went through, you know, problem solving after problem solving. And I was just like, came to the, you know, just the conclusion that today was a bad day. And I was really just going to have to fight this. Uh, so, you know, we, uh, I finally got to my pacers around mile 62 and it was going into the night. And a lot of people are, you know, way ahead of me. <laughs> and I was just, you know, I just got to keep moving forward. But then it became because of everything and how tired I already was, I was just getting so sleepy on the trail. I had to lay down two or three times just to take a dirt nap, you know, and fall asleep for a little bit just because I was so tired. I was like falling asleep on my feet. My pacers are, you know, trying to keep me from falling into the the rocky Chucky River because I was just swerving, you know, uh, off the single track. Yeah. And it was just it was it was everything I could do just to keep moving forward. So this went on to mile 80. And, uh, finally the sun wow. rose and yeah, so the sun rose, this is 24 hours after the start. And I finally, my body was like, Oh, we remember what you're trying to do. Let's, let's go run. <laughs> and so the last 20 miles, I just ran and I was back to, you know, normal Aaron <laughs> and running. And I, it was just like, you know, a switch in my body just clicked at is at that sunrise. Um, I got a little bit of more food in me and and things were just rolling. And I, you know, I ran the last 20 miles. I felt great. I, I can't tell you what it was, why, you know, it's just something was off for <laughs> 24 hours. And then I was able to finish it, you know, and, um, uh, you know, Wasatch, I got really sick the day before um, I was, I was, you know, I, I knew I was, I was, I was getting sick. And it yeah. manifested the day of Wasatch and my throat was like on fire. Um, I lost my voice. I could barely talk to my pacers. Um, they would ask me a question and I was so hoarse. I'd be like, Hey, I need water. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, I was struggling. Uh, I, I ended up having a fever, uh, you sorry. know, we, we called sucks. my wife. <laughs> it was, uh, it was rough. It was a rough day. You know, she, she's a doctor yeah. and she's like, give him some Tylenol and keep hydrated, you know? And, and we made it like I got through, um, I got through the night. I had to take a few more naps during the night, but, uh, you know, we, uh, we ended up pulling it off and, and finishing it, but it was, uh, those two races, it definitely tested just about everything I had. Um, I finished an hour and a half before cutoff in Western and I finished, uh, probably another hour and a half before cutoff at, uh, at Wasatch. So it was, you know, they were fighting, you know, it was, it was definitely, you know, the, yeah, man. but, but we made it. So, <laughs> Uh, but, that's awesome man i mean congrats on those thank you. And it's thank a big you. deal and i'll say like <laughs> especially going into them you know feeling like garbage <laughs> that's, that's uh yeah i but again i, I take something from that that sometimes it's just like persistence and mm -hmm. maybe fighting through it for a yeah. while as long as you can and see right. if something changes like well and then just having yeah. a reason right like what you know mm. if, my, you know, I was, I was hell bent on finishing and that's what you have to be sometimes, you know, like, and being okay. And this is something that I, I teach my athletes is being okay. If a goal goes out the window, if B goal goes out the window and you know, you're left with your C, which is just to finish. Some people just aren't okay with just finishing. And that's what you have to talk to yourself about prior to racing, right? Like, am I okay with 
just, you know, getting in under the, the final cutoff. Like if you're not, then you're probably going to stop because it's just a grind, right? Like some people are like, you know, how did you walk the last 50 K of UTMB? I really wanted to finish. I, I, you know, I didn't go to Chamonix just to like, you know, not finish UTMB. Like I, like I went there to, to finish the race and that's what it required was hiking the last 50 K. You know, people yeah. are like, I just didn't want to hike it in. That's their choice, you know, but like, ultimately yeah. you need to decide that beforehand when it comes to it, like what's your decision? Cause then, you know, if they're like, they stopped and they're kicking themselves, you probably should have kept going. Right. But like, you know, if I'm you're, sure. if you're decided, you know, I'm okay with stopping, then when you stop, you also have to be okay with the fact that you stopped. So, <laughs> you yeah. know, like make up your mind ahead of time and, and be okay with those decisions. So that's funny. I was just having that conversation with somebody yesterday about, a uh, javelina and setting a goals and B goals and whether just finishing was good enough and that kind of stuff. And I don't really, I'm, I'm not here to set your goals, right? Like I'm here to help yeah. guide you through them. Pardon me. <clears throat> but like, it is really useful to know what are, what are your cutoffs prior? Cause I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we look at, I think it was two years ago, Courtney pulled out a hard rock and it was because like, She's feeling hurt and whatever. And I mean, it's Courtney Walter. She could finish, but mm -hmm. it wasn't what she wanted, right? right? Like she wanted to do well or not get hurt. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's a fine goal. And I mean, it kind of depends on what your actual listing is. And yeah. you need right. to go into the race with that. Cause there will absolutely be a point where you're like, this sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and is it that, you know, if you're going to be, you know, hurt and it's going to take a lot of recovery time, you know, yeah. or, you know, you're going to be a little hurt and have less recovery time. That's, you know, that should be need the decision to pull out. Right. Like when we're talking injury, but you know, it's yeah, you when so. it just gets tough, right? Like that's, that's the question, mm -hmm. right? Like that's the moment, right. Where you have to decide, like, is this important enough to me to, to continue forward? You know, do I have the mental Absolutely. capacity to, you know, and you can always hope things are going to get better. Like what's the saying? Like that, uh, I think it was Dr. David Horton. He's like, things don't always get worse or <laughs> something to that effect. You know, um, <laughs> you hope so. Yeah, you know? Exactly. That's, that's the hope. Yeah. Right. And you know, it's, it's a lot of times it's the reality, but you know, you have to give yourself that chance. And a lot of people in the moment, they just don't give themselves that chance. But yeah, I think it's very true. And just like, it, it is going, to, if you're doing anything for that long, right? I think this is one of the things we often forget with like, I mean, 50 Ks and up, or I mean, hell, marathon and up, like you're not going to enjoy it the whole time. Like mm -hmm. I, I have very few activities in my life that I want to do for three hours straight to a day straight, right? Like, I, <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> right. Like I like a lot of things, but usually like I take, a, I'll, I'll be here and I'll be programming to whatever. And like, I'll really enjoy it. And then I'll like, go take three seconds and be with my dog and then come back. And like, we, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. break these things up in yeah. our day. Whereas right. like when you're running a hundred miler, you are going to be running for a, a day. Yeah. And it's very rare that you do anything with complete joy for a day. Right. right. And I think it's kind of easy <laughs> to, it's important to recognize that there's going to be pieces that you just don't want to keep going. And then right. if you keep going for a while and that lasts for the entire thing, you're just like, I'm done that maybe that's, that's the right choice, but to some degree, like push through it for a half an hour and see, yeah, yeah. it's or really maybe it's the next station, right? Like it's not going to be there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and having the, the tools sometimes is, you know, part of the, the puzzle, right? Like having the mental mm -hmm. tools to be able to deal with some of these things. And that's a lot of things that I talk about with my athletes. Uh, you know, we, 
uh, it, we always talk about Addy Bracey's book, the mental training for ultra running. That's like oh, something. I love that that, book. Yeah. So that's something that like, if my athletes are doing a hard event, a long event, whatever it may be, we go through and make sure that they go through some of those activities and that we talk about those, right? Like just say like, Hey, on this run today, I want you to think about this, right? Like, you know, on your long run, like think about this component right here. Uh, you know, I'm not saying you have to give me an answer after this long run, but I want you to think about it and and think about these situations and what could pop up, right? Like with you, with Havelina, you know, the, like, mm-hmm. what are you dealing with? What are the environmental conditions? Like we talked about at the conference, right? Like, uh, so mm-hmm. what are you planning to do with that? And then, you know, if things go south and you're not feeling good, like, how do you deal with that? What, what's, what are you going to remind yourself to do, you know, or, or how can you work through when you're going through, you know, those tough moments? So it's, you know, that book is just, is wonderful. Um, yeah, so much in there. So, you know, it's, like I said, you know, people, I always recommend it <laughs> to, to anybody I encounter. Cause I think it's such a, a great book and she did a great job with that. Just kind of making you think through a lot of the, the tough times and how you're going to deal with them and, and giving you some tools to deal with it as well. So, um, I honestly forgot all about that. I've been like diving into Justin Ross's stuff recently and like mm. kind of putting mm. ideas on the back burner. I need to like re- reread that book. It was really good when I read it. Yeah. I think yeah. A year ago. yeah. 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 It's a, well, it's a yeah. super important piece. Yeah. His talk was probably one of my favorite. Uh, Dr. Justin Ross. It was fantastic. Yeah. 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 I, I was scribbling like feverishly, just like, please continue. Go on. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it was so fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking with uh, like Brian Pacetti for coffee the day after, and it was like, I honestly wish he could have gone on for three hours. I like, do too. The, the restructure and that. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I think like, it'd be so important. Um, Coop had just done, um, i like, we subscribed, well, I subscribed to his research essentials and, um, you know, he had just done a, a thing on the emotional intelligence. So, you know, having the background from that and then hearing him expound upon it, it was just like, oh, it just put a cap on it. And I was just couldn't wait to share it with my athletes because we had just talked about it. That's like one of the things like I told you, we do Zoom calls and and one of the Zoom calls we focused on, you know, the research essentials and specifically around that emotional intelligence. And uh, yeah, it's just like, yeah, preach on Dr. Ross. (laughs) It was awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, Yeah. that Zoom call thing is the thing I'm very... I'm I'm going to start doing. I think that's a really helpful thing because there's yeah. all these things that I want to like. I have like a Discord channel that I kind of throw things into occasionally, but the Zoom Zoom call I think is a really smart choice. So, yeah. I mean, on that note, I guess like how do you you seem to have a really well constructed community of your people. Like, how have you built that? Like, what is what have you done to yeah. like, build this lovely community of people you have? Um. So I I look at us as a team, a collective team. I've always enjoyed my experiences. There's very rare times where I can say I did not enjoy my experience with being with the team, right? Like there's, there's just so much about being around and building yourself around a team. So Hmm. like, that's what running is life. We we're a team, right? Like that's, you know, we refer to ourselves as a team, our Facebook team, you know, uh, posts, like we have a private group that we, 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 you know, each week, we say who's racing. Um, We don't go into results because I don't want the people to feel, you know, like, shy or embarrassed if they you know didn't have a day so we just talk about who's racing and then everybody you know like hey good luck and then like it's awesome because then in that post they start posting pictures because i send texts to the the groups that are doing the same races and they find each other and send pictures in and so they start to get to know each other and then like you know if they're around each other they try to get together and do stuff together like you know running like i've i've had 
you know, just people that have just like met each other through perhaps it's like one of our group runs or a race. And then they just start training together uh, because they met each other through either a race or something I've done. But it starts to create more of a collective and people start to get that that team mentality where we're rooting for each other and cheering each other on um, collectively helping, you know, because I tell them, I said, I, I do not have every solution that is, you know, that is beyond yeah, me. I have not tried every product, you know, like so this community is where you can ask and feel comfortable to ask any question you have, you know, whether it be on gear, nutrition, um, you know, places to run. Um, races people have done. So that's what the Facebook group has become is just a place, a safe place for people to, you know, to get to know each other. Not only that, but to ask questions. Uh, so, you know, and then like, you know, the, the team meetings, you know, we, we, we do the zoom calls twice a week, right? Everybody hops on there. People talk about their experiences, their races. So like they get to see the face, not just the person on Facebook that's making the comment, but they actually get to see the person and connect visually yeah. with that person. Right. So they get to know them, what they look like. Then they show up at the race and they're like, Hey, John, how are you? You know, it's, it's not, it, now it's, now it's a connection. Right. So making those connections, mm -hmm. it's just providing opportunities to make those connections. And then it just forms the bond. Uh, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm the coach, but it's the same thing when I do with my middle schoolers, right. I try to provide opportunities for mm -hmm. them to feel more cohesive, to feel more of a team, to give them, you know, that more of that, um, ability the let them control this like it's not my team and that's what i tell my yes. high schoolers from the start this is not my team this is your team i want you to build it you know the way you envision it be a part of it in whichever capacity you want to now not everybody's gonna buy into that or be a part of that and some people you know sure. they say well you know I, I didn't feel like i fit in and you know that's that's it's Nothing that I did. It's nothing that anybody else did. They're not trying to isolate them. It's just they're not used to having that sort of relationship. And that's okay. Sure. Like, you know, I, I, I always tell people I and my environment may not be the right, you know, kind of fit for you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, that's, uh, yeah. no, it's absolutely true. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's, that's kind of the, the down and dirty of it. <laughs> you know, just, no, it makes a ton of sense. Those and, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because like I have really good one-to-one -one relationships with a lot of athletes and people. Um, I'm very introverted, like deeply introverted, and I'm like working on trying to you know create a space for those who are less you know yeah. autistic and introverted than me. <laughs> and like it's it's kind of a tough thing, and I so I appreciate that, man. Thank you. And part of it, and I couldn't agree more with you on the I'm not for everybody aspect of things. I do love your your note for Ted Lasso and like I've absolutely brought a tear to my eye occasionally like you'll you'll know the scene he's talking like Trent Krim and he's like yeah Trent you're you're a great writer all this stuff but I'm a coach and that that scene always like makes me very uh I don't know touches me but I'm all I have a hard bend of like Roy Kent in me as well <laughs> like, despite this podcast like I swear a lot. And it's just one of these <laughs> things that I know I'm not going to necessarily be a great fit for everybody. And I just think that's one of those things, especially yeah. with finding a coach. Like I was just, we were just around like a hundred plus coaches for a whole weekend. And in no way do I think in no way did it seem, you know, like anybody cared, right? Like it's right. not this like competitive environment. It's like, 
let's just help people man yeah. like it's yeah. a really hard sport if we can just help people get across the finish line and achieve their dreams like that's all that matters and i think yeah. that's kind of a lot right. of it like you just got to find your vibe yeah totally totally yeah it's you know i mean you know i i i realize sometimes when i listen to other coaches talk that like I, I love coaching, <laughs> but like, I, <laughs> Me too. you know, like there's certain times where I'm just like, I need to remove myself from the situation. Like it's like, you know, like it gets a little too much for me sometimes. And I felt that sometimes mm. at the conference where I was just like, I'm going to remove myself from this situation just because like, it's, it's getting a little too much for me. Like, you know, like we're, we're getting a little too much into the weeds and, and not that that's wrong again to each their own. Sure. Like, you know, there's some people that just love to just nerd out 24 seven, but I need to step away sometimes. Like I got to take off my coaching hat every now and again, you know, it's, it's, that's the reality. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, I, I do like, I respond to texts all hours of the day. Cause you know, there's, Same. There's stuff that comes in and I, and that's important, but there's also times where I just need to take it off and I need to shut off my phone and go for a run <laughs> or mm, just be with my kids, you know, like, yeah, I do need that. And, you know, some, and I realized that at the conference too, like there was just times where I just needed to step away and be like, this is a time where uh, like, I'm not at that capacity to, to, to keep my coaching mm. hat on, you know? Um, and that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's, I think that's healthy with anything, right? Like there's times where like, we tell our runners, maybe today's not the day to go run, right? Like that's, we got to realize that sometimes, right? Like that's, that's, that's yeah, the time absolutely. to step away, right? Like, oh, you're, you're, oh my God, you got COVID. Like you're, oh my God, you can't even get out of bed. Why would you go run? <laughs> like, you know, like, so <laughs> there's times where we all have to step away, yes. you know, and I'm guilty of it too. Like, you know, there's been times where, you know, I had Bigfoot last year and I got COVID and I was like, oh my God, I got to run. But I was like, I can't run right now. I'm too tired, you know. Like, the, so you got to learn when you're gonna step away. I'm getting better. I'm getting. I'm not 100, yeah. but I'm getting better at knowing when I have to step away from certain situations. So, um, you know, situational awareness. It's a hard balance, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yes. Yep. I definitely haven't figured that out at all. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. a oh, it's yeah. a thing I'm working on and trying to recognize, but it's it's not a balance. I say well. No, oh, it's, it's hard. It yeah. really is. It really is. And I, like I said, I'm getting better. You know, I'm. 45 now. So I've had a little bit more experience and, you know, I know a little bit better yeah. step away, you know, but, and the other part of it is like, you know, uh, I'm not as competitive and, and I'm not as, you know, competition driven as I used to be. And I think that helps when we're focused, so focused on a goal and training and, you know, getting this certain mark, then it's, it's really, really hard for you to step back and to step away. And like that, you also have to recognize that piece too, is like, you're too close to it. And you're too focused on it, you know, whereas like now, like I, I can, st I actually stay back and just look at the big picture and I'm like, does this make sense today? You know? And that's, mm -hmm. that's where I try to get my athletes to is being able to stick, take that step back and say, no, today it doesn't make sense. And that's when they text me and say, Hey, not going to happen today. I'm like, fine, let's move it. You know? Um, but that's, you know, that's, I think part of the coaching thing is, is like, it took me a while to get to that point myself you know, recognizing that there's like, we need to move things around. Not, it's not just like a concrete schedule. And that's like one of the first thing I say is like, if you look at your week and there's something that like I programmed and you're like, can't happen today, you say it and we move it that rather than miss it or be stressed about getting it in, let's move it. You know, that's the big thing. So couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, I have large pet peeves about many things and coaching world uh, i think it's actually not so much in this world so i like also work in gyms and fat loss and stuff and i see a lot of stuff there that like makes me feel very uncomfortable and mm -hmm. i talk about it a lot um 
but it's like the general concept of like keeping someone beholden to you mm-hmm. not a fan right so mm-hmm. like if we can i think as a jo- as a coach your job is to educate in many ways and um educate and i don't think you need to people do not need to know their entire muscle structure like i do <laughs> i understand that or do they care right like, i i have a few doctor clients i know more about muscles than they do at this point and that's how it should be this is specialties right like i don't know meds right right but they should know enough to be like, yeah, so this workout matters and uh, I can't do it today. Mm-hmm. So how do we restructure this? Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, yeah. and right. 100% be able to make your your own training decisions. Whereas yeah. I see some people like not explain any of that and hit the plan and they get frustrated when they can't hit the plan and do this. And I'm just like, that's not your job. Right. <laughs> and just right. plan. Well, like, and, yeah, and explaining it, right? Like that's, I think that's mm-hmm. another huge component. And that's, that's again, where these Zoom calls come in. Like, you know, we can well, tell an athlete. And you coach a lot of finished. people, so like, right, super right. helpful, man. Yo, yeah, totally. absolutely. And, you know, I love having that. that explanation because like, you know, when you tell an athlete, "Okay, you've just finished your A goal. I need you to take two weeks off," they're like, "Do what?" <laughs> you know, like, well, uh, you know, that's that's where uh, oh, that's where the Zoom call <laughs> comes in, right? Like, all right, let me talk to you about why, right? Let me explain to you the science behind why I'm making you take two weeks off, and then they're like, ah got it like like two weeks off makes sense like it's going to make me better in the long run because of you know x y and z and explaining those factors now like this conversation that i just had i recorded and sent it out to everybody because not everybody can make every zoom meeting right so like when they get the recording i'll get a ton of messages within the next few days they're like i get it now you know like it's it 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 resonates right and it may draw more questions which is great because then we can have more conversations and it's meaningful to them because they're learning, right? And that's that's part of this mm-hmm. coaching thing. A lot of times we just write a schedule and we're like, here you go. And we don't explain what the intricacies of that schedule is. Why is there a rest day yes. following my long run? Or why is there, you know, mm-hmm. why is there this, this this workout? And why are we doing this, you know, workout and this system so frequently? Like, what is that all about? You know, but explaining right. that to them, they're like, ah, that makes more sense. And then yeah. moving forward, they're more on board with what you're doing because they understand the, the you know, the logic behind it. Um, you know, and if, if they don't, you know, and like, that's what I always say. If you don't understand something, ask, if I can't explain it, there's probably not a good reason why we're doing it, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. but knowing those reasons, there's a reason it, why this thing is always here. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like, yep. yeah, I, I need to answer questions. Like <laughs> yes. it's, it's here yep. all the time. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> Yep. step away more but that's for that reason man like i, agree. <laughs> I couldn't couldn't agree more yep yep so he just held up his phone for those that are are listening to the, the audio yes, we're often listening to things. yes my, my phone is attached to me like a, a third appendage which you know yes. isn't yes. always great but it's what it, right it's yep. it's part of it it is, it is. um yeah Yep. Yeah. And so like, if we're looking at some of the takeaways from the conference, I guess we talked about that. What were some of your big ones, especially since you've been doing this a lot longer than me, like what really hit for you? Yeah. As you know, uh, number one was um, Dr. Ross. That was, um, that was my, my favorite talk of them all. Um, I loved um, Dr. Tiller. Um, I thought his like pseudoscience talk was awesome. It just kind of re-emphasized <laughs> yeah it re-emphasized a lot of the things that i try to share with my my runners and saying hey listen you know let's not waste a ton of money or time <laughs> on some of these ancillary things that are saying that you know you're going to use these to recover because they're not you know yeah. enhancing your recovery they're wasting your time and probably a lot of your money if you're a healthy runner as they said right that was the big yeah. thing if you're a healthy runner 
um, because there is still sure. some uses for those if you're not. But yeah, the you know that. 100%, that but even yeah. if you're not, like, <laughs> couldn't agree more. And it gave me such a chuckle. Like I laughed through that entire thing because it's just like we've all <laughs> had these conversations about those. And you're right. Like if you're healthy, but even if you're not healthy, like you could probably do better with like some banded strength training than you would with like thousand dollar recovery boots. Like it's just right. It's it's not the big rock. I yeah, couldn't agree yeah. more. Or just <laughs> run a little bit more, right? Like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's that too but i mean you know it's uh but yeah that uh, tiller and dr ross those were like some of my favorite talks um like i loved um stephanie howe and you know her talk on nutrition um also like the every time someone brings up um the menstrual cycle which we just briefly touched on on the end it's still kind of reignites a spark in me to say that's something I need to be better about and, and talking yeah. with women about their, their menstrual cycles, how it affects them, when it affects them planning accordingly, you know, and that, that, that one was a big star on my page because it's one of those things that, you know, when, when it's mentioned, I'm like, yes, I need to do that. And then I'll start implementing mm -hmm. it, but somehow it starts to fade and I forget about it until it's mentioned again. And I'm like, Dang, why did I forget about it again? You know, like bring it back. So there yeah. needs to be some way in which I become more consistent at that. And that's one of my biggest takeaways is, you know, like I really need to just kind of be consistent about it and try to figure out a way I use training peaks. Um, I need to figure out a way in training mm -hmm. peaks to be a little bit more consistent with communicating about that you know i've i've got over you know i was i was i was of the age where it was like taboo to talk about the menstrual cycle with women um yeah. i've gotten over that like that's that's just me being honest it you know when i first started coaching it, it maybe it was my immaturity but it wasn't something that i was comfortable talking about um but now i don't think you know, it was just you man and it wasn't just your age like i'm yeah. really open with it but that's because my parents are pretty open with it about me mm -hmm. like i have a lot of people my age who are like still yeah. kind of weird about it yeah. but it's like it's well, like my, you know my never population doesn't man like right. it's yeah, fine no, it's, yeah, yeah. I, it's something i had never talked about and but now but you know i'm i'm sure. I, like my how my high school athletes tell me you know when they're in cycle and and awesome you know Dude, so it's it's, it's an open line of communication um, so yeah, but that's, that's definitely, that was a huge one. And like I said, even though we only briefly touched on it, it, it really was something that, you know, resonated hard with me. Um, those, so those are my big three. How about, Same. how about yourself? Did you have any others? The last one for sure. And like, I've taken a few women's health classes and whatever, and to like understand cycles and it has been enlightening and I, I don't dive into it too much because one of the things I have really learned is it's incredibly individual. Mm -hmm. um, if we take the general science, it's like, if you take the general science, then programming around the menstrual cycle is actually nuts because it actually like almost belittles the process a little bit. Whereas if we don't intake, whereas what we really should do more often is take individual needs into account, which is true for everybody. It just tends mm -hmm. to be more like regularly true for those in a menstrual cycle. Yeah. And if we like, I would have loved about three more hours on that topic. Yeah. <laughs> Same with the sure. psych stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody kind of agreed there. And I have talked to a few people who are on the same page and I have a strong feeling that that's going to be one of the pieces of feedback for it. Cause yeah. And I'm going to actually on, on my podcast, have faith uh, come on and talk nice. about it as well. Cause I think it's, I think it matters. I know yeah. it matters. So. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But that and the psych stuff for sure. I really, um, I would have loved more in that because mm -hmm. I think I don't know the the old joke of like it's the running is 
90% mental or whatever. I mean, it is true to some degree. Like if we just look at cutoff times for most ultras, like you could walk half of them and finish. Um, it's that it's like an insane activity yeah. to be doing <laughs> yeah. at some point. You're very, you will not want to keep doing it. And uh, that <laughs> you need to choose, <laughs> choose to keep doing it. So yeah, yeah, the psych aspect I think was, was really worthwhile and reminded me that I need to dive into that more. And then this is me just being more of a cheerleader than actually <laughs> beneficial, but I, I loved Heather's talk because I do think strength training is deeply underappreciated, um, probably in general from working in a gym, but definitely in the running community. I think the longer we go through sports, so like in the seventies, um, strength training wasn't appreciated as a valid training metric for football um because they thought it would make you muscle bound and immobile and then it went to like baseball and then went to whatever right so if we look at these like really big basketball somewhere in the 80s i believe as well and if we look at these like big high money sports like they just keep more and more adding strength training to the required regimen like golf now even like you would think not but they've actually associated strength with how far your drive is like that's tiger kind of changed that entire game on that front and if we look at running i think it's just kind of behind the curve on that front like Rich blake rove wrote that strength training for endurance athlete book forever ago it was actually pretty good like it's actually held up a lot of it um but I just haven't seen it permeate to the general community. And so I think Heather's talk, especially like being first coming from her with someone who has such like a background in the community was really, really mm. worthwhile. And I, mm. I, I hope it integrates. Yeah. And on my end, I'm going to start doing a like strength only option in case people want it. Cause it is that's more my specialty than just running yeah. like yeah. I'm a, yeah. i understand the running i understand the run programming but literally day to day i work in a gym having people pick this stuff up off the ground so right. i right. think strength is an important thing right so like i i'm really glad that was that was discussed especially since i know coop has had kind of an off and on relationship with it in the two series of his books right. um <laughs> i think coming around and understanding that there's like a wider wider discussion to be had was really mature and wonderful so yeah, yeah yeah totally yeah it's uh i you know i couldn't agree more i i'm a big proponent of strength training um my you know no matter where coop had come from or said or done because like you said he's been on both sides of the fence <laughs> mm -hmm. um and, and i understand his perspective i want to mm -hmm. say like that i realized like i he he's an incredible running coach he also works yeah. with people who make their paycheck running right. and if i worked with people who made their paycheck running for i mean you're not going to make your paycheck running for more than probably 15 years. And then you can kind of do other stuff. Right. So if we look at basketball, baseball pitchers are a really good example. Like they are inherently imbalanced and they have a ton of tears, but they make a right. ton of money. Yeah. Um, if they make it to the major leagues by being imbalanced and having the strength curve. So like when you coach people of that caliber, it is different, but if you're you know, looking long-term, it, it also is different. So yeah, I totally, I, I totally yeah. get Coop's perspective, but sure. I'm, I was very no, appreciative when we look of at the, the general conversation. Masses, exactly. And that's, that's who we're coaching is, you know, everybody, right? Like, I mean, we may have some elites, but we're also coaching mid to back of the Packers and the mid to the back of the Packers. They're, you know, they're, <laughs> they're really, you know, susceptible to to injuries as well right and that's yeah. the people that we want to make sure are healthy enough so you know programming the strength is you know if we're taking you know and saying hey we're gonna insert you know 20 to 30 minutes of strength 
two, maybe three times a week, like depending on the phase mm -hmm. we're in. Like this is, you know, something that's going to keep you healthy. It's going to make you stronger. Like we're going to benefit from this. You know, I think it's, um, you know, it's it's definitely warranted. And, you know, I, like mm -hmm. actually Dr. Tiller just had an article in, in Ultra Running Magazine last month's issue um, about strength training. Uh, funny enough. And, you know, he, he talks about adding in strength training, you know, and, and making sure that, you know, you're you're not doing strength endurance, right? Like we're not trying to lift lighter weights, um, you know, high reps. Uh, we're, we're doing heavier weights, 60 to 80% your maximum, um, you know, one, one lift. Um, and then, you know, just doing four to six reps and then doing multiple sets, you know, and that's, that's what I did this morning. Like I, you know, I did a, a deadlift nice. workout this morning. It's so like, I, I, I try to, practice what i'm preaching to my athletes so, so they see it you know like my my stuff will pop yeah. up on strava too like you know that's <laughs> so yeah. you know yeah. and I, i'll be honest if i'm slacking they'll hear it on the podcast like you know I, I've, I've you know i've neglected this or that you know and it usually uh, manifests yeah. in an injury it does like and, and i'll be like that was my own dumb fault you know like that's that's the reality um because i get it like you know people are busy like i understand that too um so it's it's finding that balance yeah. that's that's the tough thing is finding the balance to get all this stuff in um, and still meet your goal. So, you know, sometimes we have to be creative, um, you know, and, and talk about it. Like, is it worth missing, you know, an extra hour of sleep to get this stuff in, N you know, not if you're already getting like six hours of sleep, like, you know, like we got to focus and get some sleep here. We, I need you to recover. So there is a balance, you know, there is a balance to this. So, um, but, very glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah. So I end up on that front a lot too, where, I don't know. I think everything is to be had this longer conversation. We end up in this short form media topic of where everything needs to be consolidated into like minute sound bites. And I, I get it. I really do. But also <laughs> it just, it can't be period. Right. Like whether we have the yeah. nutrition conversation or the strength training conversation, like there's benefits and trade-offs to everything. And like, should you fuel everyone? Probably. If it requires, should you fuel everyone with a meal? Probably. If you're running at 5 a.m., should you wake up early to do that? Absolutely not, man. Like right, 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 right. you're not sleeping yeah. enough anyway. Oh, like, yeah, totally. You know, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a it's a tough balance. And as long as you get your, I mean, on that front, like if you get your calories to equalize the rest of the day and get enough protein, like it's probably fine from most from most data, but it's really hard to do when you're running and you have a cortisol spike and it drops and you're hungry, right? So like this is why yeah. we have these conversations and try to short track it to a 60 second sound bike but if we're gonna have it it takes hours <laughs> it's just hard so i like the long form stuff like this but it's it's yeah. complicated if it weren't complicated like you and i wouldn't have a job it's tough it's a tough it is, thing it's a tough yeah. balance yeah and then, i mean but having a team too right like that's that's part of it like mm -hmm. you know my like i i reached out to meredith terranova who's a you know she's a great person for that's nutrition. Awesome. Uh, her a lot yeah i've worked with her in the past and you know since covid like i i picked up an additional 15 to 20 pounds that i just can't seem to to knock off which makes my running sure. a little bit harder <laughs> you know like so i i yes. just reached out to her and i was like hey like, i need your help like you know i'm obviously doing something wrong i'm just you know whatever whatever we need to do, I need to talk and I need to, to get on board with, you know, getting myself back. So knowing who to reach out to is, is part of this, right? Like with the strength mm -hmm. training component, right? Like we got to make sure they're, they're lifting in the, the right way. Right. Like, I mean, like, yes. you know, form <laughs> is essential, right? Like I can't just prescribe this and be like, you know, it's a woman that's, you know, she's in her forties and she's never done a deadlift. Like, Hey, listen, yes. like I need you to find somebody in your area that can teach you these lifts, 
you know, you may not have to go for like more than like three or four sessions, but like, I want to make sure you're doing this properly so you don't get injured. You know, that's part of it too, right? Like we can't just say like, Hey, absolutely lift, <laughs> like, you know, so like we have to be responsible about these type of things. And, and like they talked about the conference, like know, you know, your lane, you know, <laughs> where, yeah. are, where are you straying? Like, you know, like, and that's, you know, I had somebody ask me about an injury yesterday and I said, well, listen, like, you know, if it's compensating your form, uh, that's, you know, that's no bueno, <laughs> like stop running. Um, mm -hmm. and, and you need to see somebody, but either way, if it's really painful, like that, I would say like, go make sure it's not going to become worse or it's something that, you know, we don't know and, you know, can get worse. So, you know, having yes. the, just the, the capacity to know your limitations and know your, your knowledge, <laughs> that's, that's a huge piece too, uh, which, you know, at first that wasn't like, you know, I didn't even think about like, you know, like I, cause I had been through so many injuries. I'm like, Oh, plantar fasciitis. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. But like now it's like, no, like, you know, like go talk to your PT. Like we need to make sure this is <laughs> you're, you're doing the right uh -huh. things. Like, you know, that's, that's not my job. <laughs> like, I, you know, there's people out there that that's their job and that's what, you know, you have to see them for. Um, so yeah. in the depth of your lane too, like mm -hmm. I've kind of built a coaching practice. that's very like, moderately shallow and pretty wide it's like i i mean i have starts across everything but i'm not a pt right mm -hmm. so like kind of knowing that but i'm like currently taking a you know multi-month course on injury rehab work so that like kind of helps bridge that gap because i do see that a lot in person where it's like sure. they're done with their pt they're not covered by insurance anymore and they can't afford it but we do this like what's what's the what's the subset of there right yeah. so like right. finding that finding that connection but also i don't talk to people with hormonal stuff because even though i know a lot about food and nutrition and that is actually one of my like deeper lanes i don't have that so yeah, like, right, i will right. i would absolutely send you like steph right like i'm not yeah. gonna do that yeah. so yeah 100 percent. and like just kind of knowing where you sit in that front is really important so absolutely. that you don't get someone hurt because i love the i mean what you say like the biggest thing is do no harm right? yeah that's a big one yeah absolutely yeah it's it's uh <laughs> it's it's hard sometimes just to keep your your run coach hat on because there's so many facets and not you know because sometimes we we're the you know we're the psychologist or you know we're we're, we're the yeah, man. coach you know it's like <laughs> so like there's so many hats but again like knowing the depth of mm -hmm. how deep is your lane and how deep is your knowledge like you know that's that's a tough thing for a coach sometimes um it's hard you know, yeah i'm not saying sure. there's a clear answer either no like, yeah that's you the, get to skirt really that hard. line a lot yeah. and it sucks right. yeah it does yeah. you know but i mean at least you can uh refer somebody to to somebody else and you can yeah. say like you know here are my thoughts but the reality it that may not be right so like you know i would i would definitely yeah. get you know get somebody that's going to give you the right answers um especially when it comes to injury, that's the biggest thing. You know, like, like, yeah. obviously the first thing we want to do is get you back to running healthy. So like, you know, first step would be, let's get this, you know, figured out. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. coaching is complicated. Um, you know, it, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it is a complicated place and the, the communications can be very convoluted sometimes, right? Like you start going yeah. down an avenue and you're like, Whoa, this person may need a little bit more help than, you know, what I can actually give. Like, how do I approach this? Sure. Like, what's the best way to talk to this person about this? Um, you know, and I've had coaches that have totally said the wrong thing to me, you know, and that's like, where did that come from? Like, you know, oh, like, man. 
maybe take a few steps before you throw that curveball, you know, like, so, you know, it's, it's tough. Like, I understand that. And I, I didn't, you know, I try not to judge them, but like, you know, again, it's like, you know, we're trying to do what's best for the athlete, but at times we just may not be in the right ballpark, you know? (laughs) So for sure. It's it's a hard, hard balance, man. Yes. Yeah. I I had a question. Like, I know we're on like an hour and I don't know what your time frame is, but did want to, ask you a thing and it's kind of a hard left turn but like what drives you for these races like ultra running is a crazy sport like mm. i kind of had this conversation with everybody like it's nuts it's not a thing yeah. that we're really you know yeah. is reasonable um what what makes you do this stuff why yeah. um this took me a long time it really took me a long time to figure out and it wasn't until recently um very recently leadville recently that I really solidified solidified this answer. And I I talked about it on my podcast. Um, But so um, my deepest, deepest tool is my love. And it's my love for my family. It's my love for my sport. And it's my love for my community. Those three loves drive me. And I can use that as a tool to get me out of any despair when I remember who I love and why I love them. Because when I look back and I see the reactions that I've I've created by doing these things, by pulling myself out of the darkest places, all because of love and, and using that love and telling them it was because of you because of how much I love you, that's what brought me out of this, right? And that, in turn, it creates a tighter bond and a deeper love for the people around me. My wife is probably my grounding rod. Like, The Flash is like my 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 biggest superhero. <laughs> I love The Flash. And he has a ground rod, right? And that, that grounding mm-hmm. rod is his, you know, his wife. Uh, so that's that's my wife to me. Like she is my grounding rod and, you know, a lot revolves around our love. And, you know, when I think about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it is, you know, a a big reason is because I owe her a lot. Ken Kluber said this in his pre-race meeting and it's what's really struck home to me is you owe a debt to those that have been a part of your life and a part of this experience because of how much time you've committed to training for these things, how much time you've taken away from those you love, how much financial commitment you've had to make to all these things. When you think about it and you're like, I do, I have a huge debt and I need to pay it to those that I love. So that's another piece of it, right? Like when I sat there at the halfway point and I was like, how do I get back up to Hope Pass? Like that was hard just getting up the first time. How do I go back up the backside? My legs were spasming, you know, I'm like, I was, I was in deep debt. Like, I was like, man, like, how am I going to get up? And then I thought about it and I said, you know, like I got to go back to, I owe it to my crew. That's on the other side, the pacer that is waiting for me to get there. He drove all this way to be with me. I haven't seen him in seven years. I need to get my butt out of this chair. Right. And so that, you know, just that love for my friends, my family that got me up. And I started moving. It wasn't fast, but I started moving. And when I started taking care of myself, it wasn't long after that I was moving well again and I was back in it. But it took that. It took that moment to reflect on, you know, what was going to get me out of that chair. 
to realize it was simply love and love for, like I said, you know, my family, my, my friends for running in the community. Those, you know, those things are enough to drive me and, you know, it gets me out of the, the deep of despair, but realizing that that's a reason, you know, realizing and gaining and enhancing my love for all of those things. It, that's, that's a huge reason for this. It just, it fills me with so much joy to be able to, you know, to have a richer and um, deeper, you know, uh, connection with those people. That's beautiful answer, man. Thank you. <laughs> and I love that. You also basically said just you like figured that out a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Right? So like you've been running for over three decades. Mm-hmm. Like what has that always been <laughs> that driving factor and you just haven't had that? Yeah, or well, it was like, no, there was, was, was it something there, different earlier? Like there, there were pieces, yeah. right? Like I, I knew I knew there were pieces of of this you know, this greater understanding, right. But they were segmented. I didn't understand the connection. It wasn't until Leadville that I connected all of it together, which has made me such a different person, like just in my mind, like, you know, mm. I, I have a deeper drive, you know, Courtney talks about it as the pain cave, right. That's, sure. that's what she, she excavates this pain cave. It's, you know, it's something different to me. Like I, you know, I have this, you know, deeper connection. Like hers is to pain. She wants to find that pain. I want to find more joy, more compassion, more of just love, you know, for, for Mm -hmm. everything, you know, and that's in those moments, that's what comes to the surface for me. It's not pain. Like I pain is there obviously, but how do I deal with it? She goes deeper into her mind. I go deeper into my heart and deeper into my emotions and connect there. And that's what brings the best out of me, you know, with Courtney, it's digging into that pain, right. And just kind of, you know, using that as her anchor, mine is my emotion and my, you know, my passion, those things, that's what anchors me. So it's, it's finding what anchors you and, 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 you know, kind of, uh, gets you, you know, out of that chair, (laughs) you know, like, what is it, what's going to keep you moving? What's in that dark moment, you know, that that's what motivates me and that's what drives me. Um, and I think a lot of people could find that, you know, if they have that deep so love or, or, or commitment, you know, it's, but, um, but I think it's just, we don't know how to use that, right? Like we don't communicate yeah. that a lot. You know, I tell my kids, I tell my wife a hundred times a day that I love them. You know, that's, that's a huge part of me just mm-hmm. letting them know they mean a lot to me, you know, and, and I want them to mm-hmm. understand that it's not something that loses its effect. My son, you know, 16 years old, you know, goes to school. Love you, dad. Like. That's the, that's who we are, right? Like that's, that's That's a big part of our life. But if you don't say that often, if you don't freely express that it's hard to get there, it really is. It's, it's tougher to get there. So, you know, like you have to be able to express it, understand it, want to grow with it, like, you know, and be accepting of, of others, you know, and their love. So it's, that's a, that's a tough piece. Um, there's a whole nother Avenue we could take about that piece and how I got to that, but I mean, yeah. I, I actually am a little curious about that because I think it's like one of those things that's really hard for people to get to because I think mm. it's an easy, you clearly have found a thing that's very important, but it seems, again, it's taking you like three decades to yeah. get Oh, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like what does some of that narrowing in, what does that some of that look like for you? Like how to, I, I think a lot of us are searching for something yeah. when doing these races. Sure. And I think 
you might be running towards or running away from something to like take the old phrase, mm. but in, in general, I think there's, yeah. there's some processing that you're, you're doing when you're training 10 plus hours a week and running for a day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And what does that journey kind of look like for you and why has it been such a, what did it look like along the way to lead toward yeah, this sure. like, place of love? It's, it's not something I've really, this is, I've never really talked about this. Um, but when I started running uh, in middle school and high school, I was really bullied. I was, you know, mm. I was beaten, you know, I was picked on. Uh, it was tough. It was hard. It was, you know, it was, it was really that tough. I, I faced it and I took it. Um, I didn't know what else to do. I wasn't getting help from teachers or administration at the time in the nineties. It wasn't bullying. Wasn't what, you know, we don't, it just wasn't addressed. Yeah. So, you know, uh, but in college, I found myself, I found my friends, I found my community. Um, I, you know, I, I wasn't running from anything anymore. Like I was running and I was enjoying running and I was enjoying my friends. I was enjoying the college experience. Uh, you know, my family was loving, but it wasn't until after college that I learned to forgive. And, you know, I harbored just negative emotions for a long time. And I was, I was upset that, you know, that people treated me that way. But then I realized mm -hmm. that like, I don't treat people that way. Right. It, it like, and it goes back to that dart scene in Ted Lasso. They were judging me yeah. for, you know, what they thought I was. They weren't getting to know me. Yeah. Right. Like that's, but then in college, they got to know me. People got to know me and liked me for who I was, which validated yeah. myself and allowed me to become who I am today. I grew, right. I grew in, in my mm. emotional states and I loved everyone. I forgave all that, you know, that beat me, <laughs> that that mercifully teased me and, and you yeah. know, picked on me. I just forgave them because I, I hope that they could grow to be better people. And that like I didn't want to stagnate. I realized that I didn't want to stagnate nor let that become who I was, those negative harboring emotions. So I let them go. I let all of those negative emotions go. And I said, I forgive them. I never I never got to talk to them. I never saw these people ever again, but I can hope the best for them. And so moving forward, I was like, well, I don't ever want to treat somebody in any way that would, you know, belittle them or make them think negatively of me or, you know, treat them in a poor way. So I became to have more actions to help serve and be a better part of my community. So after college, that was my commitment. I wanted to develop into somebody that can make a difference in, you know, others' lives in my community. Um, you know, I started doing $5, 5Ks and we would, every dollar that was donated, we gave back to a local charity, you know, so just doing little things like that and making donations from any race that I put on. I did RDing for a number of times and created a hundred miler and our hundred miler for the first three years I put it on. I didn't ask for a dime, you know, like I just wanted the, the hundred miler to grow and become, you know, a, a staple in our community. So just these little things of trying to give back and, and now my kids see that, you know, my kids see dad, you volunteer for everything. You do everything for everybody else. What does that show them? You know, it gives them a model to, to do something. Now they're like finding projects that they can do on their own and volunteer. And they ask, Hey, can we help? You know, that's the hugest thing with being able to see the next generation now taking on the very ideals that I had. So that's that's what's kind of been formative to me and grown, you know, my compassion for everybody, for, you know, for whoever it is in the world. You know, I understand. And there's still people that, you know, will treat you poorly based on what be it the color of your skin, your gender, whatever it may be. 
like they're still that I, I'm not saying that that has ever ended. It's just, I choose to try to be accepting that, you know, that person may have gone through some things that have put them in that situation. And I'm not going to judge them based on that. I'm going to try to, you know, tell them, Hey, listen, like I, I realize I'm a white male. I get that. Then, you know, there's a lot of stereotypes that come with being a white male, but I want you to understand if I can help, I will. Like, you know, no matter what you think of me or my my gender or my race, I'm here to help. And I, I want them to honestly see that. And maybe that will change them. Maybe it won't, you know, I, I, but I want to give it that opportunity to, you know, to make a difference. And that's the biggest thing. <laughs> Great, man. I love all of that. More than I can <laughs> tell you. Thanks for sharing that. And I, I, I align with a lot of that. I got, I got really pretty aggressively picked on in middle school as well. Um, I've always kind of looked like this. So uh, it was not physical. That would have been a poor choice on their part, but like it was very, a lot of shit. So yeah, I uh, thank you for sharing that because oh, I also think it's really hard to forgive in that way. And I can't honestly say I'm necessarily fully there. So I think that's a big thing that it took a while, man. It did. And get there. It's yeah. not those people I actually don't care about them anywhere. It's fine. But it's just like in general, <laughs> I think the forgiveness thing is really hard. It is. Aspect. It is. Yeah, it is. It, it's it was it weighed on me for a long time. And I just decided yeah. that it was time to drop that weight. You know, like it wasn't worth carrying around anymore um, and move forward. Right. Like keep moving yeah. forward. Like that, like Walt Disney said, <laughs> keep moving forward. You know, that's that's yeah. another big piece of <laughs> of running his life. Keep moving forward. Like we need to. Yeah. We need to keep moving forward and doing the best we can for, for everybody, you know, and that's, that's, you know, that's part of my co- coaching philosophy. It's just part of, part of life. Great. So. 100% yeah. man. And I feel like it's, it's, uh, yeah, I think you and I are aligned on most things. I really <laughs> appreciate, you know, I'm really yeah. glad I got to finally meet you. I've Me heard too, about bro. you from Jeff for a while, <laughs> but I'm really glad I got to finally like meet you. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. Um, we can do a part two sometime yeah, uh it'd be lovely i would yeah. love to do this at some point yeah. i realize like we're running kind of long so yeah let's maybe no, it's all good. Table I, yeah, some I, stuff and gotta get to the kiddos <laughs> yeah no i gotta go train someone in person and make sure that they're deadlifting correctly to, 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 key, to key your point <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so 100 percent will thank all you right, very man. much for this opportunity man it's a pleasure getting to know you yeah. better same and i'll uh we'll set up another one thanks Aaron. Absolutely. thanks buddy well thank you to will Thanks for coming uh, and and talking with me for sharing this across your platform as well. Uh, My goodness. Uh, Looking forward to part two. (laughs) Uh, I sure am. Uh, I enjoyed talking to Will. He had some great questions. And like I said, I I wish it was uh, a little bit more focused on Will (laughs) and uh, what he does and who he is. Uh, But that's the way the conversation went this go. Um, But we'll we'll have a part two. That's uh, to be, uh, you know, to be announced. But um, thank you again, Will. And again, you know, if you can help um, with the GoFundMe, please do see the the links in the show notes. Uh, It's greatly appreciated, obviously. Um, uh, Next podcast guest that I have on the lineup is Jason Green. Uh, Jason and I have a lot of things in common uh, from race directing to running to just our passion and love of life. And that's really what I want to get into with, with Jason is more, you know, his passions and his love and where all that comes from. 
Uh, I think it's a great conversation. We kind of dove into it a little bit on my behalf in my conversation in this episode with Will. But I want to hear from Jason. Um, Really, you know, I'm just starting to kind of think outside the box and create conversations with people that I really just want to hear from and, you know, take their point of view and hear for what they're thinking, what goes through their mind. And, um, you know, these are these are some great people that um, I think have some great stuff to share Uh, and, you know, maybe perhaps topics they haven't covered before. Uh, So. Um, you know, like I said, next, next conversation is going to be with Jason Green. So I look forward to that. Uh, also be recording part two of my conversation with, uh, Scott Coomer. Uh, Scott is, uh, um, having me on 10 junk miles. So we're going to have a conversation. Uh, I'll let you guys know when, when that comes about. Um, but stay tuned for that. Um, I will make sure to, uh, to post it on my social medias and such when that comes out. But, um, yeah, it should be a fun conversation. Look forward to that as well. Uh, haven't released the uh, newsletter. I um, I started <laughs> started writing it, and um, you know I have traction now. But I didn't want to rush it uh, just to kind of get it out there. I didn't want to force it out there. So I'm going to keep working on it and release it when it's ready. I feel that does everybody um, more service, uh, giving you full thoughts. And not just you know some forced material. So I'm uh, gonna keep working on that, and I'll keep you posted when that releases. Um, you know, I, I kind of think I'm not gonna go on on a monthly. I'm gonna just kind of work on it, and as I feel it, you know, it has the information I want it to. I'll release the newsletters. So um, they may be a little bit more irregular, but if you'd like to subscribe, you can go to my website, runningislife.run, and um, subscribe there. I also house all of the old. Uh, Uh, newsletters and podcasts on the website. It's got information about my coaching. A lot of folks are reaching out right now. I certainly appreciate that because they've got uh, 2024 goals. So if you want to talk about your 2024 goals and whether my coaching style is right for you, um, please let me know. Uh, I'll send you my call schedule and we'll set up a call and uh, and have that conversation. So um, for myself, I started looking into 2024. Um, as I record this here, it's uh, Wednesday. Uh, let's see, um, what are we, October 11th. And uh, today is the opening of the Hard Rock Lottery. And next year is the opposing direction that I have not run. Um, being in the Veterans Lottery, I'm going to put my name in and see if I get in. I'd like to run the opposite direction and then be done with Hard Rock, as <laughs> long as I complete it. Um, and, you know, and, and get both directions. So um, that's that's my biggest lottery. Um, I will put in for Western states. Um, you know, I, I, I have a lot of unfinished business there. Um, that is the one race that I said I'd probably like to redo and take another stab at. Uh, so, uh, but I only have one ticket. So, <laughs> um, you know, chances are low. So, but I'm going to start that, you know, start those tickets accumulating again. And, uh, you know, we'll see what that brings. Uh, if I don't get into either of them, I'm going to drop my name into the um, High Lonesome Lottery, another Colorado um, you know, high ridge run. So uh, put my name in there. Um, also, uh, you know, if I don't get into Western, then I need um, probably a Western qualifier, which I, I have to look again, um, you know, uh, being a lottery for, for high lonesome and no guarantee in getting there. I kind of want to have some backups to make sure that I have qualifiers. Um, so we, we shall see. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, there's, there's some backup ideas. I have some hundred K's, uh, one being never summer and the other one being uh, beaverhead. 
100 um, Ks. So um, you know, I'll, I'll be looking into those and eagerly anticipating lotteries, as most of us are, uh, to kind of set up my 2024. Um, but that's that's kind of the early half of what I'm thinking for 2024. Running has started again for me. Just got back to training. Um, you know, on Strava, I posted. I'm you know I'm doing some Z2 work, trying to stay in zone two and just keep the heart rate low and kind of rebuild that aerobic base. Uh, not doing anything fast workout strides, not yet. Just like I said, just kind of rebuilding um, about, you know, three to four days a week uh, this week, um, probably four days next week, uh, maybe five the next week, just kind of growing the amount of days that I'm running back. I've also re-implemented strength training um, and I'm, I'm going heavier weights. Uh, what I learned at the conference is that, you know, we don't need strength endurance. Uh, we're already endurance athletes. So, um, little, little tidbit here. Um, you, you know, if we want to build strength, we should go 60 to 80% of our, um, maximum, um, and, you know, 60 to 80% of our maximum weight that we can actually lift, uh, one, you know, one round or one set or excuse me, <laughs> uh, one rep. So, um, I've been lifting, you know, on the heavier side, um, you know, working uh, just on uh, some, you know, squats, deadlifts, um, just whole body movements, uh, some cleans, um, you know, going to get into some single leg deadlift, some um, single leg split squats, lunges, that kind of stuff, just working on, um, you know, strength, because that's something I kind of uh, got away from as the grand slam went on. We did some core work, but you know, no, no real strength. So, uh, just trying to build my body back strong and healthy. So, um, trying to implement that twice a week. Um, which, you know, is convenient because I have stuff down in the basement so I can just go down there and lift. I don't really have to go far <laughs> to lift. So, um, fortunate there, but that's something that I've re-implemented. Um, I've kind of made a conscious effort to, uh, re-engage with my active warmups. I have all my athletes do active warmups. Uh, there are a ton out there. And if you find one that works for you, that's great. Um, you know, we've got multiple, so kind of varies up what you do and how you do things. Um, so I'm trying to re-implement those as well. Um, and I did an episode on active warmups and stuff, so you can go back and check that out. Um, I've got an active warmup on my YouTube channel. Um, you can also check that out. I'll try to remember to put the, the links in the show notes, um, for you guys. But, um, so yeah, lots of good, you know, lots of good stuff going on. Um, next week, uh, I turned 46. So when this episode, uh, or when next week's episode comes out, um, that is my birthday. So, uh, we're celebrating another trip around the sun. Pretty, um, pretty excited about that. And, um, other than that, just enjoying the fall and I hope you are, I hope your training goes well. Um, I'm going to try to be out at, uh, shut in and volunteer at an aid station, one of our local races. Um, got to look at my calendar. I'd like to volunteer at the, um, looking glass hundred K I've got a number of athletes that are running both shut in and, um, the uh, Looking Glass 100K. So going to try to volunteer at both of those. Um, also uh, added my name to the hat to uh, be on the board of directors for the Run 828 Foundation. Like to re-engage there and get back into the, the running community. Um, you know, I think um, I've, I've kind of got a grip on, um, you know, life coaching, running, and, uh, and I think it's time to add some of the the uh, components of being a part of the community and, and growing our community and, and trying to uh, trying to make the best of our community. So um, put my name in the hat for that. 
Uh, we'll see what, uh, what the vote is. Um, you know, I'm happy to serve, but, um, it is totally up to them. So, uh, yeah, so that's going on. Uh, you can also put your name in for the Run 828 Foundation. You do need to be a resident of North Carolina to be a part of that. Um, again, Run 828 Foundation, uh, they um, host the Hellbender 100, which registration just opened for. Um, I am not affiliated at this time with Hellbender 100, uh, but of course, it is near and dear to my heart as you know, it is a race that I helped start and race directed for a number of years. But, um, but that registration is live now on Ultra Sign Up, so you can go check that out. And uh, I'll try to remember to put a, another link in the show notes for the, uh, the registration page um, and the Run 828 Foundation, um, the um, board of directors um, for Run 828. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. So lots of stuff in the show notes today. Lots going on. Um, if you guys have questions, comments, uh, please send them on. I really do appreciate, uh, you know, all of the feedback that we had, uh, from my conversation with Scott Coomer. Um, I, you know, I, I got a lot of positive feedback from, from that episode, which was wonderful. Thank you for listening. Thank you, uh, for being a part of this podcast. Uh, appreciate, uh, the new, uh, Patreon support. Um, Candy Bates, uh, just became a Patreon supporter. Uh, Candy was a, a previous athlete. So I, I really appreciate that Candy. Thank you very much for, for joining Patreon and supporting this, this podcast and keeping me going. Um, you know, hope to keep engaging with, uh, some, you know, some great guests, uh, really enjoyed my conversation with Jeff Stafford and it sounds like some of you did as well. So, um, you know, if you got ideas for guests, people you want to hear from, or you yourself want to come on the podcast, please let me know. Um, you know, I am uh, sponsor free. I don't want to engage with sponsors um, to influence what this podcast is, what I talk about. So um, the Patreon support does mean a lot. It helps me keep this going. So thank you all so much for being a part of this podcast, for listening. Uh, if you can share this podcast, like it, review it, all that good stuff helps other people see it. Um, share it if you found something of value that you think somebody can, you know, learn from or, you know, help. So please keep it up. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, Hey, running is life and keep moving forward, my friends.